Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Hey, Professor, man, I'm stoked today. I'm coming to you from the back parking lot in a van in Evansville, Indiana, man. <laughs> oh God! It's me, Double B. Look at me. <laughs> you know. Oh uh, man! Between and I hope everyone's gonna get that reference in just a few minutes. Uh, I was gonna say between uh, between the fabulous ones and um, you know, Bam Bam uh, wrestling vans kind of scare me these days, Bobby. Yeah. If it's a rockin', don't come knocking. That's it. Never <laughs> touch Terry Gordy's don't van. Don't touch Terry Gordy's van. That's true. And. Uh, Unless you're pro- unless you're a female, you probably don't want to go around the uh, fabulous ones van either. But we'll get into that a little bit yeah. later on. Uh, yeah, uh, I hear you come out change. Uh, I am actually doing pretty darn good, Bobby. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, uh, had a pretty good week overall, man. Yeah. No I- internet all week, so I'm gonna give a couple shout outs here. I've had internet 20 minutes on Monday and about 20 minutes on Thursday. And I've been going to a certain location around town, but to record this week's podcast, I've got to come to the uh, the uh, one of the Smedley homes here. My brother Jim has put me up and let me record uh, from his front room, and um, I appreciate that very much, man. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Maximus Smed there over there on Twitter World. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Jim. But please remember to be a professional. <laughs> Um, let's see. I got another couple shout outs. If you don't have anything right this second, do you? Not this second. Okay. I've got a shout out to, uh, walk Smith at cutthroat walk from down, uh, in Victoria, Australia, man. Uh, dude's a huge wrestling fan. And, um, we've been corresponding a little bit and talking about this podcast and, um, the stud cast being two of his favorite podcasts, man. And that's pretty cool. Uh, so I give him a little shout out there. And also, Professor, this Saturday, May 1st, uh, the great Commonwealth of Kentucky, I think we get to have the Kentucky Derby again. Oh. Uh, after last year being a little bit delayed. But, um, and I'll, you know, be watching that on the TV set, uh, television. But also, if you're in the tri state area, in the Ashland, Kentucky, Huntington, West Virginia, Ironton, Ohio area, dig this, man. Big Ron Simmons is coming to town. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Listen here. The Time Warp, now located at the Ashland Town Center Mall. They're having a grand reopening. And on Saturday, May the 1st, between 4 and 6, you can go down there and get an autograph or a picture or both with Ron Simmons, man. And uh, shout out to Earl, the owner of the uh, Time Warp, and also... Uh, Casey King's down there helping put this thing together too. So shout out to those two guys, man. And um, I hope everyone around here that's a wrestling fan or a fan of Ron Simmons, I hope you get down there and pack the place out, man, and get you a picture and uh, uh, get you an autograph and have a good time. And also the Time Warp, man, they've just got – you would love it. it, it it's for geeks, man. You know, you collectors well, and right geeks. right up my alley. Yeah, oh, man, they've got everything down there. You know, I, from comic books to, to – to, Arcade video games. I mean, got the whole thing, man. Um, it's it's a I can't I can't do the commercial because I don't I don't know everything about that world. But I've seen their shop. Uh, I was in it the other day for just a couple minutes, and it's coming together real real nice. And at the original time warp, they actually had um, 
a Bobby Blaze T-shirt hanging up alongside many other professional wrestlers. And also, just so you know, if you're down at the Ashland Town Center this Saturday and you do get to meet Ron Simmons, that's great. But while you're there, guess what else you can do, Professor? Uh, you could try to arm wrestle him? Probably, but he'll say, damn! Yeah, This exactly, is Bobby yeah. Blaze's hometown. And right over there <laughs> on that counter, there's Bobby Blaze's books, and you can get them at the time warp, too. So there oh, you go. fantastic. Plug there. Yeah. Yeah. So they got they have my books. They 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 sell quite a few of them. So uh no, that's do great. assignment deal with them and it works out real nice for both of us. So good deal. Um that's about the only news I had other than uh, if you want to talk a little bit about last week's program just real briefly before because we do have a special guest, folks, and I'm gonna announce them here in just a few minutes. Um yeah, let's go ahead, Bobby. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about last week. Were you happy with it? Uh, you know, I am almost always happy with it. There's only a few times I've ever finished a show and thought, could we have done better? Well, I thought that was a really good program last week. We've got some feedback on who could have been possible baby faces. And uh, it was people we had on our list. Um, but I think I was really, really pleased with the, the inaugural class we had on our Hall of Fame. And we've already got um, an idea for the next time we do it, another revisit that another three to six months. Uh, down the line, uh, we've got us a heel and a wrestler, and uh, we've already had some couple baby faces in mind that we spoke about before. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I was really pleased with the show, man. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, you know, obviously we're dealing with 116 years of pro wrestling history at this point. We could come up with a list of names for eight hours straight and still not hit everybody. Right. Um, you know, I, you know, Ricky Dozen is somebody we could have talked about. But, oh, yeah. you know, yes, we are going to keep revisiting this. And I've been thinking I'm probably going to register us a new website here pretty soon. And I am probably going to make an arm just for our Hall of Fame section. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, just so we can just so we can keep track and go ahead and you know put up little bios for everybody. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with it. You know, you know me, I like doing the historical stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you are the professor. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I read a good book this week. I think you did too. We'll mm -hmm. have a guest on our program in just a minute. Do you want to bring him on it and I'll give him an introduction? Uh, you, you know what? I am going to, before I, you do it. I am going to go ahead and send him the invite right now. Yeah. Okay, this is Bobby Blaze and a Bell to Bell podcast, and I've got with me, of course, as you've heard, um, we've got uh, the Professor Jeremy Vilmer, of course, but we've got a guest this week. He's an author. He wrote uh, Teeny, Professional Wrestling's Grand Dame. He is Brennan Martin. He's a graduate, uh, born in Mas Nashville, Tennessee, a graduate of Nashville Prep School Montgomery Bell Academy, and also UNC down there in North Carolina. And uh, Brennan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Bobby. Thanks very much. I'm happy to be here. Great, great. And you are the grandson of uh, Christina Teeny Jarrett, correct? Yeah, that's right. Christine Jarrett. Uh, okay. And she was known to, known to her friends and family uh, as Teeny. Yes. I enjoyed the book, Five Big Stars, man. Well done. Well written. Oh, thank you. Yes, sir. Glad to hear that. Uh, I will leave you a review on Amazon, and I'll let you know via Messenger that um, when I do. And my ratings, when they come up, they come, <clears> and I'll write you a nice review because it's deservingly, uh, deserved, well-deserved. But I re 
it won't show Bobby Blaze. It'll show Mark. <laughs> so figure it out. <laughs> when you get, Got it. When you get a five-star review from Mark, you'll know it's me. Again, okay, outstanding. I'll you when it's, when it's posted, okay? Okay, right, got right. it. Well, well, welcome to the show, man. Now, we've talked, and then I'd like to introduce you to Jeremy Vilmer. You two kind of got to talk here a little bit. So uh, get to talking there, and we, we'll go from there. How's that? We've got a lot of things to talk about the book and have a good time. Use whatever kind of language you feel comfortable using. We're not in, you know... Um, we're just having fun on here, man. Got it. Good to yeah. know. Even though I do fear your grandmother's grip if I do drop the F bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's a good. It, fortunately, that doesn't. Uh, she's not able to transcend the spirit world and still do that because I, I would definitely. I got a bit of a potty mouth. She yeah. would not be happy with well, that. You know, that's one of her rules. We, we're gonna go with those rules. In a little <laughs> well, you know what's, what was funny rules. to me is reading that how much. How much your stories about your grandmother reminded me of my grandmother and how much your great grandmother reminded me of my other side of the family's great grandmother. And that was a lot of fun. But, you know, I've got a question for you right off the bat here, because I did when I was um, researching your books a little bit. I see you have two books. Well, but they look. Yes and no. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So. I uh, I put the first book out, uh, and they're the same book. To be clear, the only difference is this very uh, is the title and the um, and and you can actually only buy one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled the other one off, but so I, I put the book out, and it was well received amongst uh, wrestling fans who found it and read it. And but I, I my goal in the writing this and. In, I'm trying to secure Teeny's legacy, you know, in various wrestling circles and halls of fame and things like that. But I'd also like the world at large to know more about her. I think she's an impressive woman and Mm. I feel like her story is one that would appeal to to people who aren't wrestling fans. So um, I tried, I I basically decided I was going to try to publish the book under a different title, different cover and in the fiction section, Uh, even though it's based on a true story, just as a way to try to, see if I could get more people interested in it. And, it. and it didn't work at all. And I only tried it for a few months and then I, I, I took it off. So you can only get the, the original one now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you say you put it in there because I imagine you had to recreate certain scenes from just how do you get from A to B and make it a good story, right? Yeah, I didn't, you know, it's, I didn't want to write a biography because I don't read biographies. I wanted to write something that would interest me. And I think, I think, Teeny's story and it is interesting. And so, uh, you know, the, with the exception of, uh, the one chapter, uh, about the bear, um, everything in there is true to my knowledge and, and are, you know, based on truth, but to create the scenes, I, you know, made up dialogue and, you know, I'd been told the stories by a whole bunch of different people, you know, that I interviewed to get the research done for the book and then I just, I, I wove it into a more of a narrative. So it reads like a novel as opposed to reading like a biography. Sure. Well, and I saw your acknowledgments there. You had a lot of people help you on this that I can, I can hear when you're talking about, you know, uh, different people that's told you these stories through the years about your grandmother. And so it's just, if any fan uh, grew up, you know, watching wrestling on a Saturday morning, they should obviously buy, buy this book and read it. It's a really good read. But also... Um, the story of her success and her life, your grandmother's life, and, and, and having her children and, and, and raising 
the other children and, and then of course you know uh, uh, meeting Nick Goulas and and just you know selling tickets out of the shoe store and then ultimately getting you know major successful with with the territory um, I, I it's a great read for someone that basically come from nothing and, and brought themselves up right through hard work and, and education and, and family and just um, it's, it's an impressive story you don't have to be a wrestling fan to 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 get this, you know, the American success story, really, um, from rags yeah, to riches. You know, it really is, and it's also, I mean, just the fact that she had that success as a single mom, you know, starting. Well, she started in the in the business in the '40s, but it was really in the '50s when she started to climb the ranks and and, right. and have more responsibility. And uh, and but to do that then and in that environment, you know, while still maintaining. A uh, very high moral standard. Um, she right. was she was a really strong woman, and and I I agree. I think her story is compelling, regardless of whether you like wrestling. I, I absolutely yeah. agree. Um, I I think uh, if I if I did my timeline right, uh, when I said rags the riches, there she would have been about fifty five, I guess, in nineteen seventy seven when she became a, officially a millionaire. Correct, somewhere around uh, the mid fifties. That sounds about right. Yeah, she was born in 1923. So okay, um, I just I, I know she, you put it in there in '77. That's when she announced that she you know was officially a millionaire. So I thought yeah, and that you know that's a that's based on my memory, and uh, it could yeah. be a year or two right. wrong in either direction. But uh, it's about that was about when it was. Yeah, well, that's I started watching uh, Memphis, uh, my brother and I, around 1974, 75. But it really wasn't until around 1977, after that split, of course, that we really started to get into it. Because by that time, we were hitting our teenage years. Right. We went away from just a small handful of people in Kentucky uh, at a grade school to now we're at a junior high, and we had a bigger amount of wrestling fans, you know. And um, so we just just grew to that TV every Saturday morning, you know. Well, everybody did. Talk about on Monday, you know, and that's that's what I grew up on was the the old Memphis tapes, as I call them, you know. So well, and what's it's just amazing that and in Memphis at that time that show was getting an eighty percent share. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now shows are happy with seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, go back to let's go with Miss Christine here. Uh, let's go over her rules. Uh, do I need to read them out? Do you know them by heart, Brennan? <laughs> well, I know them by heart, and I got a yeah. cheat sheet here, too, with my okay. book next to me. <laughs> Tell us about them, man. Well, you know, she she wanted... Good rules. Good yeah, rules. she wanted her towns to run a certain way, and she, uh, f- you know, had very strong opinions about the right way to, to do things. And one of those things that she insisted upon was being on time. Yep. And she... Her rule was you're in the building, in the locker room, uh, or you're in the building an hour before the, the first bell. doesn't matter when your match is. You're there an hour before the first bell. And she was strict about it. She would, she'd hang out by the back door to, to check the boys in. And, and uh, there, I, I got the chance to, uh, to meet Brickhouse Brown uh, about half a year or so before he passed. And, and he was telling me about her scolding him. Uh, coming in one late one night, he said, I was only about 10 minutes late. I said, she docked my pay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I said, well, was that the first time you were late? And he said, well, no, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, he didn't, he was one of the, you know, there were a few people out there who were not particularly fans of her because of her rules and, and how strict yeah. she was about them. 
but she also the other thing was she believed wrestling was a was a family affair and, and that she felt that if the wrestlers were using foul language uh that you know people wouldn't bring their kids they wouldn't leave the kids at home yeah. uh and of course that turned out not to be true at all but that's the way she felt about it and so she insisted that you know they know that the boys not not curse anywhere in the building like she because she was afraid you know if you're cussing backstage then you know when you get on the mic you might slip up and and do right. so that makes sense yeah and so you know the, I, I think she had a tough time enforcing that too much but <laughs> she didn't st- it didn't stop her from uh you know chastising and and ultimately taking matters into her own own hands if she felt like somebody who had too much of a potty mouth she would yeah. get him in that rule, grip rule number three here the fabulous ones are turning the territory into a whorehouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah reference uh, to my Evansville Indiana uh, before we brought you on there uh, Brennan just so you know I'm recording uh, from a van in a back parking lot in Evansville Indiana <laughs> oh outstanding well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about this rule here yeah <laughs> teeny yeah teeny was not a fan of the arena rats she didn't like those little girls who hung around the back door and Tried to hook up with the wrestlers, you know, before and after. About them. I know. I, I mean, it's a <laughs> it was a unique situation at that time. It really doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just um, you know, and, and her concern, you know, uh, was not so much about the morality of the situation, but just from a business perspective, she didn't want some. You know, when she knew that these girls were not necessarily all. 18 and and uh she just she didn't want somebody's daddy uh coming you know for a shotgun wedding because he got because a wrestler got her pregnant right right gonna mess with the audience size yeah yeah exactly and so you know that's what that was all about but then the the, her biggest rule and this is one that i i I mean the fact that she kept it as well as she did but and that is never break kayfabe I mean, and she, that, that's true. You know, she never did so at home. Uh, and she taught that to, to Jerry, my uncle, and he never did. And so, you know, as a result, um, I didn't figure it out for a long time that things were not exactly as they seem. And, and I learned uh, my cousin Jeff was this in the same boat. He, did, he figured it out a little bit before I did, but only because he uh, moved in with Jerry out at that, his big place in Hendersonville. Right. And so he... Yeah, and then I he, guess he spent a summer riding with Teeny to and from the towns, right? Uh, uh, yeah, he did that as well. He, that he'd already figured it out by that t- point. Yeah, um, guys, let me let me interject real quick here, just just to spell this out for anybody who may be missing out on something here. Um, Brennan, Jerry Jarrett to you is is my uncle. Okay, and his son would be Jeff Jarrett, and that'd be your cousin. That's right. Okay, I just wanted that in there just so we didn't dance around it or ignore it or forget it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and then I got a question for you. I, I'm I'm assuming you haven't really listened to the show. I have not had the opportunity to listen yeah, to the not, show. Not a problem. So you don't know about our drinking game on the show. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, we have the we what we call the uh, Fuller Welch drinking game here. Which is anytime you remember <laughs> you mentioned a member of the Fuller Welch family in relationship to professional wrestling, you have to take a shot. I see. Okay. I got about halfway through your book before I got fucked up. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, the Welches uh, play prominently in Teeny Story. Yeah, that's uh, you know I kind of like I kind of like almost clapped a little bit when I got to that section and realized who it was. Was that your second or third chapter? And the guys are gaslighting the guys at the bar. Oh yeah, uh, you know I realize who it is, and I'm like, holy shit, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and that, you know, I, I needed a way to introduce uh, those characters. I wanted Pat Malone in the story have, yeah. and to have some backstory because Teeny was just, he was such a dear friend to her. And uh, and so, and I also wanted Ginger the, the bear in the story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'd had the rough outline of sort of, you know, things that had, the way that that had happened at the time. Uh, you know, probably I, when I said it, I put it in the timeline probably a little bit later than what things were actually, you know, when wrestling was actually happening, happening in Barnes, I think that was er, actually earlier in the 1900s than, yeah. than what I said. But in any case, it was, a, that was the funnest chapter to write. Cause <laughs> I just got to make it, you know, I thought I was funny and I'm not sure if I was or not, but it was, <laughs> I was cracking myself up. Well, I think, <laughs> think anybody that has a, um, a sense of the history of wrestling, when when that comes out, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But, you know, anybody who doesn't know the names, it's going to blow right past them. That's my assumption. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so let me let me ask you this because I kind of I always like to contextualize things. So Bobby kind of gave us your academic history. How much of a writer? I mean, is this your first book? Do you have other works you've done? Give us kind of a sense of that. Uh, definitely my first book. I've, uh, I've been published in like 2000 word articles, uh, a good bit, like maybe a dozen times, uh, in, uh, the tech world. Um, mm. I used to write for this Puget Sound computer user and there's a few other things out there. I've done a couple of academic papers and blog posts, but this is really the, I, I've never taken on anything like this before. Okay. And well, then I'll say that, man, I, I really, really was. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I do enjoy writing quite a bit. And, and uh, you know, I'm still trying to f- figure out what else I can do with this story. I, I wrote, I turned the book into a screenplay last summer and that was fun to do. But I've learned that if I'm going to make it into, if it's going to be a movie, somebody else is, you know, they don't want a screenplay. They just want to write by the rights to the story. Yeah. So now I'm trying to figure out how to maybe I can publish, get published in a like a magazine to get some attention or something. Yeah, like that. well, or you know, you could always start looking at doing an independent film version of it as a short film and trying to sell that and have somebody adapt it out too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, that's a that's a a long way from my, anything I know anything well, about. You know, so you know, that's <laughs> like everything is foreign to you until the first time you do it. You know. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Um, I did have a question for you, and then Bobby, I'll back off and let you yeah, kind of sure. come back to yours. Is the story of your grandmother grabbing Jack Pfeffer by the head true? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I it some aspect of it is true. Okay. Uh, because I, what I don't know is whether she really stuck her finger through his cheek. You know, my Uncle Jerry swears swears it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I, there, there's no there's no wit, witnesses still alive. Yeah, well, you know, I'm um, sorry. I should ask, is it factual rather than true? Because the truth of things is different than the fact of things. Yeah, you're right. Well, and so what I um, have been able to confirm uh, is that she did definitely threaten to kill him um, because he put that in a letter uh, that is available. His archives are, are at Notre Dame. Yeah. 
-hmm. And I was able to get in touch with them and they've got me a copy of the letter and see, I forget exactly what it says, but basically refers to Christine Jarrett threatening to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) So something happened, you know, I don't know if it was exactly the way it's in the book. Well, he did. I mean, you know, he certainly he certainly left uh, um, Gillis Welch alone. Yeah. Speaking of this name here, uh, I'll come back to the daddy in just a minute. Daddy said sell. Daddy said sell. <laughs> Dude, the George, oh. We'll come back to Nick in just a minute. Oh, my gosh. But funny what to me was is the George Gillis, because I've always heard these different stories, uh, uh, some from like Bobby Eaton. And, you know, he, he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet, you know. But Yeah, well, he partnered up with Bobby for... Exactly, that's what's going to say. He knew him a little bit about, you know, uh, we're, we're going to have a picnic, you know, they stopped at a... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, him and his um, uh, match with Harley Race, and then Harley's in there trying to carry him for an hour, and, it, you know, the story about, you know, Daddy said sell, you know, that cracked me up. And then also, sadly, um, uh, I just want to clarify this, too, on, on George... I, I, I've watched a lot of SEC basketball. I just can't imagine a grown man sitting on another grown man's lap in Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> watching the game. But I'll go with it. But let me ask you this. The same day, twice, in a prostitution sting ring. Now, we don't talk trash on people, okay, especially those that can, can't defend themselves on here. I'm just asking, did, was that in the same day you actually saw that on the news, though? I, I personally saw that on the news because not only did he – get caught twice, but he agreed to an interview uh, about getting caught twice. <laughs> okay, that just cracked me up. Uh, yeah. Why don't you introduce us uh, to who we're talking, the gentleman's dad we're talking about, Nick Goulas, who is a very dear friend of uh, Teeny and actually gave her that first break of selling the tickets and, and go from there. And I just wanted to kind of uh, shoot some humor into the program there with that because that just cracked me up, especially with the daddy said sell because I'd heard that and also – they stopped at a gas station and we're, we're having a picnic. You know, I, just, I just heard those through the years and it just cracks me up every time. So that's well written. I appreciate you putting that in there. Well, thanks. Yeah. Daddy said sell is a story that certainly made the rounds on, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of places, but it was too good not to include. Yeah. George Goulas, uh, uh, Nick's son, he was an interesting character and, you know, I, uh, I gave him a pretty hard time in the book. Um, uh, but, you know, he's, he's still, you know, he's doing well. Uh, he's not involved in wrestling anymore, but, uh, um, I, I think he shows up at uh, a reunion every once in a while, That's but yeah, Nick Goulas, uh, you know, is a, just a famous character, uh, in wrestling and he's known for, for being a spendthrift and an asshole and a cheat and, right. you know, everything else. Uh, and he was all those things, uh, but not to my family. Right, um, right. he, you know, he and Teeny were best of friends, like brother, sister. Um, and you know, Teeny controlled Nick and his cursing, just like she tried to control the wrestlers and theirs. And she was the only one that could do it. But, uh, yeah, they stayed friends, you know, they stayed friends long after the, the split. Um, and he was, you know, nothing, he was never anything but kind to me. Uh, he kept my dad out of, Vietnam with a well-placed case of Jack Daniels that uh, landed him in the National Guard instead of going overseas. So, you know, Nick was, he was a, a saint to us, but yeah, man, he was, that. he was tough uh, to just about everybody else. Yeah. Good deal, 
man. Well, where can people get this book? Tell them, because Jeremy and myself, we've downloaded it. Uh, do you sell autographed copies, or is it anywhere out there beside Amazon? Just kind of let us know where, where our wrestling fans, because we've, we've got a pretty solid uh, base of old-school wrestling uh, fans, obviously, the way this podcast is laid out. So uh, let them know, man, where they can get your book at. Well, Amazon is the only place to get it unless okay. you can catch me at uh, a show somewhere. And, you know, I'm not sure when those are going to start up again, but I'm supposed to be in um, Iowa for the Hall of Fame uh, this year and also in Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Club. Um, so awesome. I'll be selling autograph cap- copies at, the, at those places. But other than that, you can get a paperback or a, a Kindle version off of Amazon. And uh, you can also get uh, an audio book uh, either through directly through Audible or on Amazon. And I think you can also get it through iTunes, if I remember correctly. Awesome, man. Awesome. Jeremy, you have anything else you want to finish up with? Yeah, I do, actually. So as you were researching this book, was there anything you were shocked to learn about your grandmother's story? Anything I was shocked to learn? That's a really good question. Um, Why, thank you. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever asked me that one. Um, well, I've got. I don't. I don't. Dis- you know, I've, something's n- nothing's quite coming to mind. What's what's your answer, Bobby? What shocked you? Uh, that that she's a smoker because you said you oh. had to knock on the door and it'd take like five <laughs> minutes. You know, and you didn't figure it out two years later. Well, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, it, that was both shocking and not shocking to confirm after she died. But yeah. uh, I never forget uh, opening that top drawer on the, the dresser and pulling out the cases, half a case of cigarettes and about yeah. three lighters in there. Yeah. But it's going to make her look bad for smoking. I'm just saying that was one thing that shocked me when I was reading. I was like, I would have never thought that, you know. Because you know, well, my dear grandmother's around too at some point. They sadly passed away. But, but uh, it took a long time for me to figure it out as a young boy too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always yeah. shocking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think what probably what su- surprised me the most was the, con- you know, yes, not everybody was a, is a, was her fan. There's like probably two or three people I talked to that were not her greatest fan, sure. but everybody else was. And just the consistency of what people uh, said about her, which was that she was just one of the most generous kind people they'd ever known, but she was serious about business. And uh, as long as you understood that when you were in her town, you know, you were working for her, uh, then it all went, you know, everything went just fine and people loved her. But it was, you know, again, there were a few folks that didn't feel that way. I, I was at a, um, I was at a show uh, in Jackson, uh, Tennessee at the uh, arena there, Oman Arena, uh, and hanging out beforehand before they opened the doors uh, with Jim Cornette and Rock and Roll Express and uh, a couple other folks were hanging around and looking through old pictures that I take to those events to, that people like to see. And I, so I turned to uh, Ricky and Bobby and I said, boys, I said, uh, did Teeny ever put you in, either one of you in the grip? And uh, Ricky looked up and he said, absolutely not. He said, we knew better than to break Teeny's rules. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's, you know, people just, for the most part, she she just, she was loved. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Um, You guys, I'm going to interject with one thing here. One of my favorite parts of the book, if I I may share this, was your grandmother was getting ready to take your mom to meet Gorgeous George. (laughs) 
And yeah. your great grandmother hands your mom off and, and says, you know, if when you see him, you kick that <laughs> son of a bitch in the sheds. <laughs> so, yeah. So my my great grandmother over here in California, back in the day, she was this little half Indian woman that sat in this tin shed was the only time I knew her and had this little black and white 13 inch TV. And on Friday nights, she would sit in front of this TV in her wheelchair and whack the shit out of her TV with a cane. (laughs) (laughs) And you peck that son of a bitch on the head, you get him. And she (laughs) beat the shit out of her TV. And as soon as I read that about your grandma, Bernie, I was like, that's Mama Judy right there. Right there. That is that lady right there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, my great grandmother Birdie, had, you know, Mama Wright, as we talk, called her, uh, she lived such a hard life. You know, yeah. she raised kids, raised two generations of kids in a really trying circumstances. And so, when wrestling came along, uh, she it was like this escape for her. She would just lose herself in it, and and unexpectedly loved it uh, once Teeny got in the business. Um, so it, it was. The stories that I've heard from my mother about uh, about Mama Wright at the matches are really funny. You know, she was definitely that old lady standing up screaming. Yeah, yeah. that's a great. Yeah, we story. all had one of those on our TV or in our family or you know, in, our, in our wrestling town. Every show's got one. Every town's got one. The way, you, the way you told that story, I was I was it was spot on, man. It really was. It made me think of a lady at the Baltimore Civic Center when I was younger, and also a lady at the. Um, uh, Knoxville Civic Center. As, as I was wrestling, you know, we had a lady every, you know, every show there, uh, yeah. right up there in the front row, and that was her. And it's like, as, as you told it really well. Well, thanks. So, thank, yeah, good deal. All right, man. We better start to wrap things up here. Uh, Jeremy, Brennan, anything else before we wind down here? No, I just really appreciate appreciate you having me on. Uh, and I'm sorry it took me so long to notice the tweet. I um, have hey, been really bad about hanging out on social media lately. What's what's 18 months between friends, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> was it really that? It wasn't. I, couldn't have been that long. I know. I know. Okay, it's probably so eight. <laughs> I have to say it was at least seven because we actually yeah. we actually stopped the show for six months after I had sent you the invite, we stopped <laughs> oh, doing the show yeah. for like half a year. Um, but you know, the, the pandemics do weird things to people. So we started it back up. So you came along at the perfect time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. I've yeah. enjoyed con- talking to you about it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And hopefully I'll see you on a show sometime down in the line, selling some books and, uh, hanging out or what have you. Once this world gets back to like it is, Jeremy and I keep saying, we're going to, get out to cauliflower alley so maybe we'll meet you out there sometime or something you know uh, well that's a great event and uh, you know the the hall of fame uh national wrestling hall of fame in waterloo iowa in uh that's usually in july i don't know what it is this year that's a fantastic event that you should think about trying to get to right now i'm just trying to think out how to get the hell out of this van in evansville indiana <laughs> <laughs> At least the radio works. <laughs> All it plays is Skinnered, but it works. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, man. All right, man. Well, thanks very much for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. you're only our third guest, man. We we had we we started changing it, um, and we've had Ron Welch on here, uh, Ron Fuller, of course, and we've had a, a friend of ours, uh, uh, William Harding, who told a story about getting out of the sugar hold uh, back in the old ICW today. So uh, we were starting to interject. Uh, with some authors and some, uh, we got a couple other podcast people lined up as well. But uh, just want to let you know, man, you're like only our third guest, and it was a pleasure having you on the program, man. Thank you so much for your time. 
Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Get out there and get that book, folks. It's Teeny, Professional Wrestling's Grand Dame. And you just heard Brennan Martin, her grandson, talk a little bit about that book. So get on over to Amazon and buy one. Help a brother out. Um, you got any social media? You said you've been laying low off of there. That you Well, yeah, there's a... Yeah. Uh, so on Twitter, uh, there's a bunch of photos that I have posted there uh, over maybe a two-year or more period at, uh, at Teeny Jarrett is my handle there. Or you can also find those same photos, uh, usually with a little bit more of a caption on Facebook. Uh, and it's uh, under the name of the book, Teeny Professional Wrestling's Grand Dame. There you go. Look them up, folks. You'll enjoy it. Uh, you put a couple pictures in the back of the book that I enjoyed seeing also. So. Good deal, man. You can follow the professor at the Geekish Cast on Twitter. You can find me at Bobby Blaze seven forty four on Twitter, or our joint account Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. And there's also a Facebook group under at Bell to Bell Blaze. Go check out Brennan uh, Martin on there. Um, and uh, once again, thanks for your time and thanks for sharing the story of your awesome grandmother. All right, thanks, Bobby. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was Brennan Martin, uh, author of Teeny. The book about Christine Jarrett. Um, I have to say it was a fun read. Now, I I did a marathon read on it. I read it in basically two nights. Um, I'd started it, but this weekend just kind of got out of control because my plan was to read it all Friday. Um, But I enjoyed it. Uh, You do lose at the Fuller Welch drinking game if you play it, however. (laughs) Well, I read the first three chapters the first day I got it, and then... I spent Tuesday and I read it um, uh, at three different times on Tuesday and finished it. I really, really enjoyed it. I did it like two hour increments because, uh, you know, on your Kindle, it does give you like kind of a lap time deal mm-hmm. or what have you. But um, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give them five stars, man. Uh, well deserved five star. Like I said, when it comes to books and stuff, especially where I do a lot of authors and stuff on my Twitter handle, uh, if I'm reviewing books and stuff, I, you know. The only thing I do uh, is I go under the name Mark. <laughs> that, as I said, that's just if I give you if I give you a review, it's going to be fair and honest, like I asked for on my books, of which I have two, and I'm going to tell you about them right now, Professor. Uh, the professor has set up a little tiny URL links to this, and that uh, Bobby Blaze's book can be found anywhere on Amazon under uh, eBooks and print editions. The main two are Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boost Will Travel. You can get that at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. My other book is called I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler. You can get that at tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. I'd be honored if you take the time to not only purchase one of my books, but also leave a fair and honest review on that, as well as on our program, Professor, right? Yes, absolutely. Please, anywhere you listen to our show. Yes. Leave a rate and a review, a comment, whatever you, whatever the format allows. Please let us know you're listening, what you think of the show. Uh, we do appreciate it. Do reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else. We do like to interact with the listeners. Um, Bobby, I got I got to tell you. So yesterday, you and I, you and I had a phone call while I was yeah. waiting for my mom to get her second uh, 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 vaccination for COVID, and. You know, she came out to the car. You guys said hi to each other through me. When I got off the phone with you, I showed her the video of you stuffing that elbow on that guy. I can't I can't (laughs) think of his name. And she looked at that and she was horrified. She's like, oh, oh my God, how hard did he hit him? I said, I think he just rung his bell a little bit. I said, but mom, 
I hear the guy was a bit of an ass, so it's okay. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, man, someone sent me that gift, and um, man, I tell you what, I popped, and, and I, I'm one of my own worst critics, you know. Oh, absolutely, and, you and are. And I've sent it to several people. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, I'm in a match in WCW. Uh, I, I need to give them a shout out next week. Whoever sent that to me, there was two people sent it to me, a wrestling related. Uh, Either podcast or I know Twitter accounts that are, you know, uh, they sent it to me. But that took place in Orlando, Florida at the Universal Studios there on a worldwide taping. And, um, you know, just I didn't hurt the guy per se. I'm just saying, you know, I just took care of some business. But I was told by the office, you know, hey, you know, you're going over and, um, you know, take take most of the match. And so, uh, um, you know, it's kind of like we was talking about – Kurt Henning having to make someone else look good, you know, and, mm-hmm. and put them in their place and, and be in the right place and things. Uh, I got that spot. That was an old Manny Fernandez spot. I was talking to my brother about it. Usually I do two drop downs, and that kind of blows them up because they're running the ropes, and then catch them right as they come off the ropes. And and, and uh, uh, Todd, man, he he just – I happened to catch him right at the right time after that drop down. So uh, yeah, I'll try to repost it again on my Twitter for you listeners out there. And uh, If you see it, um, uh, man, please share it. It's, it's, a, it's a good little gift, man. And it, uh, I've actually – someone uh, uh, sent me the full um, uh, video on uh, – what is that? Daily Motion is where yeah. you find it at. I'll try to post that to my Twitter account as well. But uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that, man. My brother got a big pop out of it. And um, he's got a picture of him and Manny Fernandez and a couple other people. Frank Murdoch, who's uh, Dick Murdoch's nephew, was on the show. And um, uh, uh, Sweet Scotty Ace was managing. It was, it, was a, it was a pretty good deal. But Manny said, Bobby, here's a way to blow someone up right off the bat. <laughs> Take advantage and put you in a dominant position. <laughs> and so uh, I never had forgotten that. But uh, Hey, I got I to gotta ask, Bobby. So yeah. when when would that come up? When would you be like, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna just floor this guy's lungs? When would you do that? Oh, just um, if they're not paying attention, you know, if they're uh, kind of, you can tell they're you know try, not trying their hardest when they need to get their ass up and move for you. Mm-hmm. If you've been doing something for them and they're wanting to be a little bit lazy, um, and also if you you know you you just put them at a disadvantage. Um. You know, if the office says, you know, you're going over, take most of the match, he's a green guy, the less you give him, the more, the better you'll look, you know. And uh, the experience factor showed. And again, this is not a dig towards uh, uh, the gentleman I was in a ring with, but as you saw how he ran them ring ropes, he was already baffled and raffled. And oh, yeah. Flat, he Well, but, he uh, ran all duck footed. He, I mean, exactly. yeah. Um, you know, the uh, thing is, is, is there's times you can get in a ring. And, you know, uh, we can fight, we can fuck, or we can run a foot race, you know, whatever it is. Hopefully mm-hmm. you're there to work, you know. So you got to grab a guy, get him in a rear chin lock and say, look, man, you're blowing yourself up. Calm down. You know, they're breathing all heavy. And, and But that guy particularly, uh, there was a couple of them there at the, that were power plant guys. And um, they were there for universal tapings. And they really thought, you know, they had the best gimmick in wrestling. They'd say, it's my hair. I'm going to get over it because I've got this great hair, this fantastic hair, this Fabio hair. And you're like, uh, I know several veterans beside myself that have heard that comment from a couple of these guys. And and uh, put it this way, I, what you saw me hitting him with was easy compared to what um, uh, a Fit Finley gave him when they got in the ring. Oh, I'll say that. God, because yeah. he wrestled both these guys as well. And, uh, you know, you just don't do that around Fit Finley. 
uh, you know, talking about it. Again, this is back in the day, but, you know, just talking about how good their body was and that would get them over. Uh, they didn't have to learn to work uh, because, you know, their hairs wouldn't get them over, whatever. Well, that just pissed some people off, you know, when everyone's there busting their ass. Some of us for our last paychecks, you know, hanging yeah. on to it. And um, so, yeah, uh, that's kind of where it came from. I, I, I don't know if I said, you know, a butthole, uh, but I'm just saying he was kind of cocky and arrogant in a sense that um, – uh, and here it is 20 years after anyway. So, uh, you know, I hope the gentleman's doing really well and um, hope he found his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a chiclet spinner, I got to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, I enjoy getting that uh, gift sent to me. Yeah. And, uh, I almost got over last night on UFC. Uh, what's the guy's name? Jim Weldman? I think that was it. I'd have to go back yeah. and double check, but so I think that was it. they played I Won't Back Down, and I guess people were looking to the back hoping Bobby Blaze would come out. But I'll tell you right now before I get off the air, if I ever come out of the back of a USC event, if I ever do, it's hopefully because i got a pass to get in the back and actually walk out to the ring with one of the fighters because you won't see me in any UFC matches, MMA matches, or anything like that at my advanced age and uh, the way my body is. It's all I can do right now to get up and walk and try to exist on the planet and share my wealth of knowledge about wrestling and uh, wrestling podcasts and wrestling books and uh, uh, life in general, man, uh, just happy to be alive still, you know, and happy that someone's not going to try to shoot me in and give me a back elbow because I'm not in the mood for it. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm too old for that stuff anymore. I'll help anyone I can out there that I have been and I try to, and I just want to say the best thing you can give people out there before I get off here is give them some love and share your time with them because time is a, a good commodity uh, to share with other people. And especially if you're like the professor or myself that you like to, uh, that we do these podcasts for you, for the people. Uh, so they have some entertainment at least once a week. Cause I listen to several podcasts that just uplift me, make me feel better have a laugh. And we hope that we've done the same thing for you is give you some entertainment. Ha to spit that word out of my mouth, mm -hmm. but I know you enjoy it. And, um, uh, with that said, Professor, I'm going to take myself off the mic. I'll let you close us out, man. But, uh, again, thanks to uh, Brennan Martin for being on this podcast. Thank you, Professor, for editing and producing and being a pro uh, yeah, producer of the uh, podcast. And um, until later on, man, thank you so much, everyone out there. I hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, me too. I'm hoping this turns out okay. We are using a new method of recording. Um, so we'll see how the levels and everything turn out. I'll do my best, but you know, we'll see. Um, everybody, thank you for listening. If you have not done so, please get out there, buy a copy of Bobby's books, buy a copy of Brennan's book, Teeny. It's, it's a hell of a story. It really is. Um, about a, a woman who pulls herself out of the post depression era, dirt poor, and goes on and really creates a wrestling dynasty of the Jarrett family. Um, it's a hell of a story. It's a good read. Brennan is a good writer. I enjoyed this a lot. I think you will too. But in the meantime, for the late Tex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and Double B, Bobby Blaze, would that make you the reinforcer, Bobby? Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>